Life Management Science Labs would like to acknowledge that we live and produce this podcast on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. We'd also like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands of our listeners and our international colleagues. We'd like to pay our respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. Hello and welcome to Reloscope, the Relationship Science Insights podcast produced by LMSL, the Life Management Science Labs. We are champions in life management science, providing structured insights informed by science and inspired by practice on key aspects of conscious living. Each week we bring you scientific and practical insights on each element with the expert knowledge of professionals in the field. I'm your host, Aditi Kuti. Let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to the show, um, Reloscopes, the Relationship Science Insights podcast. Um, I'm here with Holly Jade, um, a trained holistic healing practitioner and counselor for over 15 years. Uh, And we're going to be talking about making relationships last and building strong relationship foundations. Holly, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Aditi, thank you so much for inviting me and such a pleasure to be here. Uh, I'm really excited uh, to chat today. Can you tell uh, our audience a bit more about yourself? Sure. So I guess I've been in the healing realms for about 15 years. I started as a social worker back in, I think I graduated 2005. Um, And I've always been fascinated, I guess, about the human psyche. And from there, I moved into different modalities. So meditation, teaching, yoga, and then became really interested in the holistic side. So the whole mind, body, spirit, emotions. And yeah, for the last few years, I've been running my own counseling uh, practice. And I also work through counseling in Melbourne, uh, which is a really great place as well. And I do uh, face-to-face sessions, online sessions, and work a lot with, with couples actually, which is great to be on this podcast to talk more about relationships. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess what kind of healing um, do you kind of present to your clients and what kind what kind of work do you do with them? It really depends on what the client's presenting with really and, and where they're at and what they're kind of, you know, needing at that point in time. But I, I think with me, I specialize in emotions and trauma healing. And I think that has a lot of an impact on a healthy relationship as well. So that's kind of the focus. And really, I'm all about helping people become more self-aware and and do that inner work because really essentially it's all about us and and that's the most important thing to have that reflection, constant self-reflection. So I kind of help guide people in that capacity and then they can develop their tools and strategies to deal with what life throws at them. Yeah, absolutely. I Healthy relationships is what the show is all about. Um, so we will definitely be chatting a lot more about that um, when we kind of get to the crux of our episode. But first, we have a section called Have You Met Holly Jade, uh, where I ask you a couple of quick questions um, and we can get to know you better. Are you happy to answer them? Sure. That what true. is your yep. favorite book? Well, look, I think that's a really tough one. I feel like it changes, you know, depending on what, you know, what I'm interested in at the time. But I often refer back to a book called The Secret Language of Your Body called uh, by Ina Segal. And it's a really great way to, I guess it's, you know, quite a metaphysical context, but it helps you understand the mind-body connection. And I think it's really helpful for a lot of people to understand how connected we are and how we can actually resolve a lot of our own issues when, once we, you know, go inward. So that's probably my favorite, I'd say. Right, right. Absolutely. A great one for people to check out. Do you have a favorite movie or is that also a hard question? 
I actually, it might sound a bit silly, but I love Avatar. There's something about Avatar that I think is beautiful. It's just really shows um, our interconnectedness and um, it just has some beautiful messages in there. I haven't watched the new one yet. I've really got to get out there and watch the, the new one, but I love that movie. I'm sure it'll be out on streaming at some point or it yeah. might even still be in cinemas. Um, I think it's still around. It was nominated or whatever. So I'm sure yeah. we'll get, to get around to it soon. <laughs> yeah. um, what about a podcast that you've been into lately? Well, I really have to listen to some of your episodes. I've, I've had a look and I think that you've got some great things to offer. So I can't wait to get into that, those. Um, look, I, I switch around a bit with podcasts actually. Um I've also got my own, so that's probably a bit, um, a bit of um, something that I shouldn't be plugging so much. But it's um, mine's called Holistic Healing Space, and that kind of covers the whole mind, body, spirit. And I talk a lot about emotions and trauma healing. So at the moment, I'm probably focusing on my own podcast, to be honest. But listening to lots of others to gather information because you can always learn. There's so much out there, and this whole game's about learning, really, isn't it? There's so much we can learn. Absolutely. And look, it's not cheating if you say your own. I think that totally counts. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, do you have a famous role model that, that you've looked up to? Kind of? Oh, look, that changes too. I'm sure it does to everybody. But I think at the moment I'm gravitating a lot toward, towards Gabor Mate. I'm not sure if I'm even saying his name correctly, but he's um, he's a Canadian physician. I'm not sure if you've heard him here. Um, he, you have? Yeah, he's oh, yeah, great. Yeah. yeah, I think I just feel like he speaks so much truth and he has so much wisdom in terms of trauma and emotions and intergenerational patterns. So I just find I'm I'm just gravitating towards him a lot lately. So right now, I'd say Gabor, yeah. Is he the guy that interviewed um, Prince Harry recently? Um, Not sure, actually. Perhaps. I and I think either he was referenced or he was interviewing him himself. I'm not 100% sure, but uh, maybe maybe something uh, to look into later <laughs> after, yeah. after we finish the episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was the last course that you completed? Oh, I'm actually still completing one and it's all around holistic healing. Um, and that's through uh, Lighthouse of the Soul, a, a man called Paul Statton, and he's really goes quite deep into the body-mind connection again and how we can really become our own healers on, on lots of levels. So that's kind of what I'm focusing on. Um, I also just think the biggest course is life. I just think life is going to teach you so much as well, you know, um, but that's kind of where I'm at with my courses. I've, I've studied so many courses, it's ridiculous to be honest, but I look back and think, I've gained something through everything I've learned and it's it's never wasted. I, you know, to me, knowledge is, is everything and learning is everything. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I agree um, in that experience is probably your best teacher. You never really learn something until you've lived it um, yourself, I think. Uh, so if you can learn something from a course and you can learn it from a course really well, um, but sometimes you just need to link it to something real to make it last. Yeah, it's so true. You know, if you, you, you've been through something and you, you've embodied that experience and you understand it and you've gained the wisdom, that's that's a book in itself, really, or a course in itself, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, that brings us to the end uh, of that segment. Uh, so, Holly Jade, you are now known. Um, 
uh, everyone uh, has gotten to know you a little bit better and we can now move on to our uh, the main segment of our show which is about building strong foundations in our relationships and making relationships that last I wanted to start off very very broad how do you define a relationship Relationships are interesting, aren't they? Because we're born into relationships, family relationships, but then we can also choose relationships. Um, And that's usually based on commonality, what we resonate with, um, and and they're the personal choices. When it comes to family, it's it's different. You know, it's, it's it's a blood relationship. So I find what's interesting are the relationships we choose and why we choose them. And that can really depend on what why we're resonating with that person whether it's a belief or a common belief we have or a common wound that we carry or um there's a resonance we, we usually recognize ourselves in the other person to a level um sometimes we're not even conscious of that but it's usually a resonance we have and i just find it fascinating how we how we actually um form relationships And I guess going off of that, in your opinion, does a relationship still hold the same meaning that it did maybe decades ago? I'd like to hope it does, but I feel probably not to a level. Um, In terms of, you know, intimate relationships, I guess, um, I feel like we're, we're starting to almost, a lot of us, not everybody, but we're starting to drift more back to more traditional roles, the masculine and feminine roles in, in some aspects and understanding that importance. But, um, you know, there's so many different types of relationships out there. The, the, the most important thing, I think, in all relationships is how much they teach us and how much we can grow from each relationship we actually experience. And that's that's something that we should never forget. The relationships aren't just happy, happy, joy, joy, everything's, you know, perfect. They bring up everything. They bring up all our unhealed wounds. They bring up our, you know, our beliefs and what we might, you know, consider changing or not changing they really help us get to know ourselves on a deeper level and I think that sometimes in our society we're so fast-paced and we're looking for the next thing and we're kind of rushing that we can kind of dismiss things when when relationships get tough we just don't we don't give we don't give relationships a chance enough we we tend just to to move on without really understanding that hey this relationship can teach me so much but of course, it takes two people to have that same viewpoint to make a relationship work. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's an important point and that when you enter a relationship with someone, um, you're kind of forced to be vulnerable in a way that maybe you weren't always comfortable with and you might not have necessarily signed up for either when you and enter a relationship. Yeah. yeah. It's not easy, you know. The ego has to be left at the door in relationships. We, you know, and it's going to get crushed, and and we don't like that sometimes because we feel like we're crushing a part of our identity. But a lot of our identity isn't actually real for us, you know. It's actually based on a trauma or a belief that's not us. So relationships are going to bring out all of our falsehoods as well, in a way. And it's it's our ability to recognize that and just keep asking ourselves, like, what what is this teaching me? You know, not blaming the other person. I mean, there are definitely, you know, unhealthy relationships where you have to be careful of toxic toxicity, but it still comes back to, well, me, you know, how can I not attract that in my life anymore and how can I heal so I don't, you know, keep attracting those types of dynamics. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, How, I guess, how do you define romantic passion? 
I think it's really important and it's usually the draw, isn't it? In a, in, in a relationship, you know, the, the energetic resonance is there and the passion is there and you just want to be around that person and it can always become a bit obsessive, which is a bit of a red flag if, if that's kind of the case. But it's it's really what draws two people together in most cases for a purpose. And that purpose can be a lesson. It can be a lifetime purpose. It just depends on both parties' abilities to... I guess, move into a more compassionate relationship rather than passionate and start to move that into that foundation, I guess, you know, we'll be speaking about that solid foundation relationship. But the passion is beautiful, but we have to just be careful. We have to understand or take the time to recognize what what is this? What does this passion actually mean? What is it trying to show me? Is it lust? Is it just a sexual desire? And that's fine, but is there more to it? Because if we want that foundation, we we need to look for more. And if we've had experiences of trauma, we might, you know, attract those super intense, fast-paced relationships, you know, that are passionate but don't really have that stability or sense of stability. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, what do you feel are kind of some of the most common mistakes that people make right at the beginning when they're forming these relationships? I mean, you talked about turning passion into compassion. I really love that distinction. Um, but I guess what, what do people, especially when you're, you know, at the start, you're going through that honeymoon phase, everything's really intense. What are the mistakes people tend to make? Well, look, love is blind, isn't it? In the beginning, it's really, it's important to keep grounded, you know, and, and really just keep your sense of self. And I think some mistakes that people might make is that they get caught up in the fairy tale and it's just oh this is this feels so good and it's so perfect and and forgetting that we're all human we all have flaws we all have you know a level of trauma we might not admit it but we do we all have different beliefs and we all have been conditioned in certain ways and in the beginning we all put on our best face we that's what we do in any relationship we, we want to put out you know our best foot forward but um, it's important just to take the time, I think, and we can tend to rush. That's a bit of a mistake to rush into things and um, and also to change parts of ourselves to please the other person. We might have that wounding and thinking that we need to sacrifice too much of ourselves for the other person, which is a bit of a red flag too. So it's really keeping our sense of identity, but in the same way being willing to shift parts of our identity when they know when we know they're not serving us because we can have unhealthy parts of our identity too that relationships can show us because it can be quite confusing really i think the biggest mistake is just to really rush and you know but i think you know we do rush around in life so much that everything can be rushed if we're not conscious of it but if we really want to build a healthy relationship we just have to slow down we just have to get to know the person and people are really complicated it takes time, right, to get to know somebody. So, yeah. Yeah, and like you said, slowing down allows you that time to, like, reflect and and, and think through things a little bit more, um, not just about your partner, but also about yourself. A hundred percent, yeah. Yeah, and that's, 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 that's the key, really, because that relationship is always taking back to look at yourself, why you've attracted this person, what what's unhealthy about it what's not unhealthy it's it's really yeah it's always self-reflection too you're you're 100 right absolutely what what do how can people kind of figure out 
exactly what they well not exactly what they need but but really? what they need out of a relationship kind of in maybe the beginning maybe a little bit past the honeymoon stage as well how how do people know what they need um from a relationship and also ask for what they need from their partner uh without being kind of pushy or demanding that's a really interesting one isn't it because what we need is not always what we really do need sometimes we need to give those what we think we need from someone else we often actually need to give to ourselves so it's it's really important to i guess do that self-inquiry work or do that self-development work to understand your patterns and your traumas and if you feel like you're triggered in a relationship or you feel like you're not getting what you need it's important to you know perhaps just write a list of what you feel like you need what do i need from this person what you know but then also ask yourself is that a need that i can really expect somebody to provide me or do i need to seek that need within myself or from other support systems because we can't rely on one person to provide us everything but i, I feel like with the more relationships we go through and you know in the past i've had a string of unhealthy ones i'm not going to sit here and say i haven't but it's through every relationship i've had i've learned more and more about what my values are what is important to me what i can compromise and what cannot compromise and will not compromise and that takes time to to develop sometimes too and and i feel like that can change you know my needs now are so different to what they were five ten years ago or even two years ago really so i think we're constantly shifting our awareness our consciousness so how we view relationships is going to change as we change and our needs are going to change too so it's i think patience is the key too and and you can express your needs to your partner. It's so important to be able to communicate with with your partner and have that sense of being heard. And I think that's really important in a relationship where both parties listen to understand the other person, even if they don't agree, but understand where they're coming from, why they are the way they are. And I think why is always a great question too. You know, why do I need that? Or why does she or he need that? just so we can understand how we're wired because we have so many ways of projecting and perceiving things when sometimes we're perceiving things completely wrong, you know, or not wrong, but in the lens of our trauma or our conditioning. So open communication is so important, but it also takes true people with that ability to be vulnerable too, to let that ego go. And that's how we can learn so much too. And we, we realize that our needs are kind of pretty basic to a level. You know, we need stability. We need support. We need, um, you know, emotional availability. We need loyalty. There's so many things that, you know, I could go on and on about those things that I feel like are intrinsic needs to people. Some of the needs, if we have unresolved trauma, are actually, you know, like, oh, you know, you might have an abandonment wound, so you might be seeking too much attention or from your partner or you might be expecting too much from them when really is it realistic or do you have to look it within yourself and think do I, am I expecting you know am I expecting too much from that person do I need to actually heal that within myself so there's you know those different attachment styles we talk about avoidant attachment or secure attachment or ang anxious attachment and when we look at those styles of um how we are in a relationship it's important for us to realize that if I'm, if I'm expecting so much from a partner, that's where my work is. I can't have such high expectations, if that kind of makes sense. No, that makes a lot of sense. No, no, no. And, I, and I think that 
when you I also really like when you brought up that, you know, our needs change <laughs> as years go on, you know, we're not the same person as we grow older. Um, how, in your experience, in, in terms of what you've observed as a counsellor, how have you noticed kind of needs changing over the course of a relationship? Does it tend to take a, does it tend to follow a particular pattern um, in terms of what people tend to prioritise over time? Mm. I think it, it really depends on their needs changing. I feel like once, the more we do our healing work, the more our needs will change. So if we're still quite unaware of our patterns of, say, control, um, control is a big one. You know, we don't even realise we're being controlling or we're um, expecting too much yeah, from our partner or, you know, occupying too much of their time or their personal space or their personal freedom. And I think that's a balance that some people struggle with if they have um, unhealed wounds or abandonment or rejection. Um, so I feel like once you start to heal those wounds, you don't you don't have that need for control over the other person so much. Um, I think emotional healing is really important in relationships. So we don't you know, we can unconsciously emotionally manipulate our partner if we're not careful. We can, you know, draw our partner into shame or guilt or all any of those emotions to keep that control. So I think once we, we do our healing, we realize that we're a person and they're a person and we have our own life and they have their own life, their own identity, but there's some thread there that, that keeps us connected or keeps that connection alive because we have a resonance but we don't get enmeshed in it. There's no codependency. It's we're separate, but we have that foundation of stability and trust and loyalty that we're a team. It's quite complex when you think about it, isn't it? You know, it's it's it sounds simple, but when you're in a relationship, it's not always so simple. Yeah, things are never really cut and dry once you're kind of in the thick of it. And speaking of things being very complex, I've got a difficult question for you next. Okay, go um, ahead. Conflicts and disagreements. How how do you handle them? And I know I know that's a huge question. Um, so maybe we could focus on the early stage of the relationship as an example. Um, that that foundational stage. Yeah. Look, I, I, like conflicts are a part of life, right? We can't avoid them, and it's really how we navigate them because we learn so much through conflict and. We're also different and we get triggered. And I think that's the thing with conflicts. When we get triggered by an emotional wound, um, it can be difficult to navigate. But I think it's important just to look at your intention for the conflict or creating that conflict or, you know, that argument or disagreement, let's say. Like, what is your intention for disagreeing? Is it, you know, to prove a point? Is it to be right? Or is it to actually, are you actually curious about the other person's point of view and, and, Listening to understand, it goes back to that again, because I think if, we, if we're reacting rather than listening and just responding, um, then the conflicts can get out of hand. So a lot of conflicts get out of hand because of unhealed trauma and the ego protecting us. That's kind of the key. And if we can recognize that and even, and even often say to clients, if you're getting really triggered in a conflict, just take some breathing space. Most things don't have to be resolved on the spot. You know, we can actually be honest with each other and say, look, I'm getting really triggered. I need to take a step back and, and just, you know, breathe through this and look at this and process this and really understand what's triggered me. 
And then, that, you know, you can come back together with your partner and actually be honest about what it's brought up. And by that stage, hopefully, you know, your heatedness has dissipated and you're in a calmer space to actually have that conversation to look at what was, what was this conflict about? Because a lot of the times conflict isn't about what's happening now. It's being, it's a triggering of a past experience or that that particular situation has triggered an emotional wound that we, we need healing. So... You know, I always say trigger set us free. I really feel that conflict is healthy. It's just how we deal with it. And it's not always easy. You know, once once that little, that little wound gets triggered, if we don't know how to regulate or we don't understand what's happening, we tend to retaliate. We tend to react. But that's actually kind of not going to help. Yeah. And I, I think it kind of also boils down to something that you've been, just been consistently saying this entire time, which is like patience and taking that time to really, to, to not rush through things. And I guess that applies to kind of conflict in general as well, because a lot of the time, like you said, ego and, and personal, like emotional triggers are at the heart of it, as opposed to anything, as opposed to a desire to understand um, and I think that especially when in the beginning, when everything is so wonderful and rose colored lenses, and then you get out of it and everything and that, that illusion kind of shatters, uh, you tend to take things a bit more personally. Uh, that is that kind of something that you found, a in in your experience or at least in your clients i love that you said that i love that you said the illusion shut up because that's it's so true isn't it we see what we want to see and then we see the truth and, and most of us don't like it because it's hard we have to face ourselves. we have to face what's happening and we have to face the reality and we have to accept the reality and a lot of us don't want to accept the ugly parts but in the same way and i, I say this to clients too you have to all that has to be purged. All of the ugly stuff has to come up so you can clear that and actually elevate through the relationship. You know, if you keep sweeping things under the carpet or you ignore things or, you know, what happens is if you don't get to the core of why you're arguing or disagreeing, you're just going to be stuck in a loop. It's not going to go away. It's just, it just repeats. And that's why a lot of uh, clients come to therapy because they're like, we're just stuck and it's okay well, we need to unstick you, but we need to look at that core wounding. And I say to clients, it's not going to be easy. I'm not going to be honest with you. It's, it might not be a fun process, but you'll actually learn so much about yourself. You'll learn so much about your relationship. You'll, you'll build a stronger foundation and you'll feel more aligned in your values. And you'll actually know if you're still on the same page with your values and, and you're going to grow. So the ugly part is how you, you know, it's that whole alchemy process, isn't it? It's like you have to churn through that and transmute that and then you can rise above it. But a lot of people give up before that that stage because it, it can, you know, be pretty intense when our ego gets triggered. Our ego is really tricky and really strong and pretty persistent. Um, but I think the important thing to remember is we are stronger than, than that, you know. We're stronger than our inner demons. We're stronger than our that our wounds and our weaknesses, we can transmute all of those things if we continue to do the work. And that's that's the important thing to remember. I, I believe that we're actually here to heal our wounding. And, um, you know, what we find difficult is, is our greatest work because if we can overcome our difficulties or our greatest fears, then 
that that's a big part of our purpose really absolutely and i guess moving on from that um like what what are some steps that people can take to build that foundation that healthy foundation for themselves i think can communication is number one <laughs> but having that um communication that you're just i think sort of 100 times an hour i'll say it again it's just really listening to understand like really being able to listen even if that person in front of you is triggering the hell out of you and you want to butt in and shut them down stopping yourself and knowing that if i do that that's just me acting from a wounded space to try to prove myself and one up and ship and all that stuff just learning to listen to understand and then when the time is right you speak up or taking that space and, and being honest with your partner i'm listening i just need to step away to process what that's brought up for me it's not about you because i think the key is to for us to remember that we can't blame the other person unless it's abusive and really toxic and the other person is closed off shut down to growing and expanding and looking at themselves you know that that's a different story but if you're with somebody who's wanting to grow with you then you both need to be able to communicate and listen and be consistent with that i think consistency is really important um in a relationship because that shows that you're you're there you know life's going to get tough but if you have that consistency even when times are tough and you still show up even if you're showing up and you're triggered, but you're honest about it. Hey, I'm here, but I'm really triggered, but I'm here. I'm, I'll be back once I figure out my, you know, I'm just done my healing work. But I think it's just knowing that you have to continuously work on yourself and and have your space. I think in relationships, and it's important to take space um, to know that it's okay to do your own things. You don't need to do everything together, and you know, you you have your independence and. We need that space to look at ourselves and, as you said before, to self-reflect. So that's important so we don't get enmeshed with that other person and we still, you know, we know where we end and the other person begins. That can get blurry, I think, in the beginning of a relationship where it's so hot and heavy and everything's amazing and you kind of think, where do I end and where do they begin? And, you know, it's important to go back to that. Even when you're caught up in all the emotion and go, hold on a sec, I really want to see that person spend time with them, but what is my routine too? I need to keep my friends and my routine and my, you know, don't ever let that slip because that's when you can start to lose yourself. Um, so respecting each other's independence is, I think, really important as well. Respect, I guess, is a big one. Respecting who they are, respecting each other's traumas and being vulnerable, understanding that none of us are perfect. We're going to show up and we're going to regret some of the ways we show up. We're going to, you know, have to apologize and we're going to have to forgive each other. I think forgiveness, being able to forgive is such a massive one. You know, even if we've been hurt and our ego's been hurt, if that our partner's able to, you know, own up to their behavior, understand their behavior, explain their behavior, and you can talk about it and you can forgive each other, that's going to help build the foundation because you can establish that sense of trust you know you know innately that i can trust my partner i can stuff up not intentionally <laughs> i'm not going to you know intentionally hurt them but if i stuff up because of my level of consciousness or awareness at the time i know that if i go back and apologize and own up to it and, and speak through it 
hopefully we'll be okay because we are both healing and learning and growing and we know that we're going to make mistakes. It's it's just part of the parcel. So, yeah, I think holding space is really important, learning. And I think holding space is not easy if you're carrying a lot of trauma because you can only – what does that say? You can only – um, hold space for others as much as you can hold space for yourself or something like that you know if you can if you're able to sit and self-reflect and you, you're in tune with yourself you can sit and reflect with with other people so it's it's really just allowing each other to be who you are without wanting to change the other person and just trusting the process too I think goes back to that patience slowing down all that stuff yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, I think there's there's so much there to, that you've just talked about um, for people, for the audience to think about. But I, I think that all of them are interlinked in that if, if you kind of focus on one, it kind of tends to lift the others up in some way as well, um, so true. which I really like. Yeah, that's so true, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, that kind of brings us to the end of our main segment and we might move on now to our practice slash habit experiment debrief uh, where we talk a little bit about how um, we can now take everything that we've learned uh, and try and apply it um, to some kind of practice habit tip um, however you choose. Uh, so what's something that you had in mind um, to help bring to help build a strong foundation uh, in a relationship? I think it's important to look at your intention. I think intention is, is really important. What is your intention for having a relationship with this person? And why, um, what am I trying to say here? A habit, like getting into the habit of, of really asking yourself why, I guess. I think why is a million dollar question. Why you're behaving in a certain way, why things have played out the way they are. I think keeping in journals a great way. I know it sounds really, really simple, but it's so it's so healthy for us to have a space where we can express ourselves. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, it's really safe for us to have um, you know a practice where we can actually just write our thoughts out too. So if we're having issues with our partner, sometimes you know before running off to them to create an argument or a conflict, or you know you did this or I didn't like this, whatever it might be, having that space first to sit with ourselves. And whether that's writing it down, I, I feel like writing is really a healthy way to kind of purge out what we're, what our thoughts are, what our emotions are. And then we can get clarity because we can start to kind of see, right, okay, that's how I feel, but is that really because of the person in front of me or is that because of an experience that they're reminding me about? Is that an unhealed wound that I carry? Um, or if you see a repeated pattern, you might notice that you're writing the same thing down all the time, which is your work right there to look at how can I actually, how can I work on that? So before, you know, running off with your, to your partner and creating arguments, sitting with yourself first. I think that work is so important for all of us in every capacity of life anyway, to just make sure that we're understanding what our intentions are, what our why is, why we are reacting the way we are before we actually go off and create an argument. And I think that can be helpful in building a foundation because we're not just constantly looking for our partner to solve things. We need to do the work to help solve things too. And as a team, then we can solve things on a deeper level. So I think that's really important to know that your partner is, in a, you know, it's 
they're an added person in your life. They're not, you know, I don't believe that part of you. <laughs> you're two separate people, but you're connected through something really special. And hopefully that is, you know, that stability and that honesty and that trust that you can develop through emotional honesty and availability. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess when people are asking themselves why, is there a specific process that you like to run them through? Um, perhaps, for example, if they're about to enter an argument or if they're kind of feeling like they need to create a conflict in some way, um, they're feeling hurt, uh, What what's kind of the process around that? Like, like would you kind of remove yourself from the situation give yourself a few moments is there is there like a specific technique mm. i think it gets easier with time obviously but in the beginning if you find that you're struggling to you know stop reacting and in you know and you're starting to get into arguments having that ability to to step back to to tell your partner honestly I'm listening, I just can't continue this right now. Just give me a few moments or give me a few hours or give me a day or give me whatever time you need. I think that's really important because the thing to remember too is we all process things differently. This is the other thing. Some people are really deep thinkers and they like to dissect every single element and there's nothing wrong with that either because we all have different abilities and skills. So you might get one person who just wants to jump in and solve and you might get another person who needs to just sit with things, walk away, self-reflect, look more deeply, or they've got some deep trauma that is really triggering them and they don't understand why they're being triggered. And that is where it's important to make sure that you have a practice, whether that's journaling, whether that's seeing a therapist, whether that's a safe friend that you have that understands and supports you or whoever it might be. But knowing that 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 moment where you feel like you're going to turn into an argument just making sure you have that clarity first why why am i arguing because we know that arguing doesn't really get us anywhere we all actually learn through conflict when we we have conflict in a healthy way when we're speaking to each other with respect and when we're actually you know speaking with kindness you know that's how we learn that's how we, we appreciate the conflict like oh thank you you know i i think a lot of us you know, if we've got trauma, we don't like conflict or criticism because if we've got that wound of, I'm not good enough, I can't, I don't ever do anything right, that can get triggered. So, but if we can heal that and just understand that, hey, this person said it in a loving, kind way, and this would actually help me grow, you know, we can we can resolve this conflict. And, and this is why that why questioning is really important. Why are we arguing? What is the actual purpose of this argument? Is there a purpose? Or are we just, you know, getting triggered by things that are just really, you know, dramatic because of unresolved trauma? Um, because conflict, as we said, it, it's healthy. It's how we can evolve and grow. It's just how we how we uh, speak to each other is so important. Our intention behind our words is really important. And I think I say that to clients who, you know, I, I work with clients who have had a lot of abuse in their childhood and they, they are so afraid of conflict because they were shut down by, you know, their parents, for example, so every time now they're like, oh, I really want to tell this person that, but I'm, I'm scared how that might, might react. And I always say to them, well, that that's, you know, you know that's because of your past experience because you were shut down and, and told, made to feel that you couldn't actually speak your truth. But now you know you can and you know that if you say it kindly with, it, with the best of intentions and you know your why, 
how that other person responds to you is not your responsibility. You know, you can't you can't predict how the other person is going to respond. If they react, that's their work. That is their work. As long as you know your intention, your why, your history, your traumas, then it's a lot easier to understand. You know that you can't you can't control the other person, and I think that's important too. That was a long-winded answer, but yeah. No, no, that was a wonderful answer, I think. Um, uh, What are kind of the challenges um, with with asking yourself why? Mm, Good question. We don't always want to know, I guess. You know, we if a lot of us don't, and me included, I mean, starting this journey is, you know, it's like you don't want to know your shadows. You don't want to, you know, and if you have wounds, you're not feeling like, um, you're good enough or, you know, you're hard on yourself, you carry shame for some reason or guilt, it can be really hard to own up to um, your behaviour. That can be a challenge, you know. So if you're asking, oh, why did I do that, for example, and then you have that epiphany, oh, my God, I did that because of this experience of my childhood and I acted like a complete idiot and now I'm really embarrassed, you know. We can be hard on ourselves. So sometimes we unconsciously don't want to ask why because we know it's going to bring up a lot of deep stuff to look at and it, we're very clever like we our our subconscious we're very clever at protecting ourselves you know it's almost like you know you see a lot of people run or the flight or flight mode or the freeze mode or oh no don't want to do that can't do it and it's a protection mechanism you know we we think that oh no that's just not for me but it's our ego saying well it is for you but it just feels too hard because you know you don't want to ask those questions so I think a lot of people find it hard to ask why because as you I think you said before actually when you start to ask questions so many other layers come up or things start to connect you start to connect different dots and then it's like Pandora's box can open and I think subconsciously we kind of know that we're like if I look at this, I've got to look at everything and we kind of do. But, you know, in, in the same way, that's I want to say that that's a beautiful process. That is that is how you really get to understand yourself and the world around you and others on such a deep level because the more you delve into that Pandora's box of shadows, the more you understand yourself and your patterns and your behaviours and your conditioning and your trauma and you can transmute those things just get lighter and there's more clarity and it's a beautiful thing it's like we run we can run from that but we're running the wrong way we should be running towards it but you know we're kind of a lot of us are conditioned not to look at pain we don't like pain we don't like you know we don't like things to feel hard we want pleasure and we want distractions we want the easy way out a lot of the time and that's all that's all good but it kind of keeps us stuck you know it keeps us stuck in a, a particular vibration that we can't grow out of unless we delve into those questions of why. So I think that's a that's a big one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and that reminded me of like something that I, a reaction that I've had myself. Um, I guess. I I always like to think the brain is a very powerful organ uh, and sometimes to your detriment. Uh, so sometimes I might kind of have, a, I might feel emotionally triggered or might, I might have a reaction to something and maybe I'll take that time and step away and ask myself those questions. Uh, but then my brain is kind of feeding me the answer that I want to hear at the time. So uh, that could be like, I'm justifying myself and, and how I feel um, in a way that's probably not quite 
um, called for or, or, or not fair to myself or the other person. Um, or I am doing the complete opposite in that I am using it as an opportunity to kind of berate myself for having that reaction. H- how do people know if they're like when they ask themselves that question that the answer that they are giving themselves is real? Mm, that is such a tricky one, isn't it? It really is. That just reminds me of emotional addiction and how when we um, when we're trying to it's like when we're trying to wean wean ourselves off a drug or medication or alcohol or whatever it's hard initially because we just gravitate back towards that we're so used to that we're used to that and it's the same with our emotions or our thought patterns if we're so stuck in a particular thought pattern we start to see the world and our experiences through that like no it's just like this and just the way it is just the way it is. And I think it's really important to really reflect on that. And I think this is where mindfulness is so important. And, you know, meditation was a big one on my journey because I completely resonate with what you're saying. And it's really, you know, if we can sit and just and just really start to look at, what, am I just am I just projecting the past onto the present? Really being mindful that, and, you know, looking more logically at what's happening in front of us right now because the mind can keep us in a loop of, oh, it's happening again, it's happening again, it's happening again. But you have to have that other part of your brain or, you know, you have to have a bit of strength or a little voice there really, you know, probing you to be present. Is this really happening now? Is this really happening right now? Is this person really, you know, um, really... Uh, an indication of a past experience or have they just triggered that little old voice in my head that's taken me back there because often I really do believe that life does want to heal us I think that we're sent people to re-trigger our past trauma so that we can actually release it and move forward but so many of us we get triggered we're like oh it's happening again and I've done it myself hundred times over it's happening again oh it's happening again and we run the other way but when I look back sometimes it was happening again you know sometimes it was a red flag but I think once you really be more mindful and present in the moment and you look at the energy of the the person the intentions of the person their communication style their loyalty their trust is the person doing it again or to you you know or are you just being re-triggered so any any way that we can stay mindful and challenge that voice. I think ask that voice, you know, that feeds off the negativity, I guess. Challenge that voice as much as you can. Ask that voice as many questions as you can to make sure that you're not just addicted to that emotion because it takes a while to break down an emotion, an emotional addiction. It really does. If you have a perpetual negative thought, um, it, it takes work to really, you know, and I always say to clients, have that other voice yeah okay that you know now you have that understanding that that is a, a wound for a trauma or, you know something that's happened in the past that you're wounded and you know you, you're trying to protect yourself but have that other voice you know okay that's not really me though that was created through an experience that i've held on to and it hurt me and you know it put me in put my nervous system out of whack and it's it's in my body and i'm holding on to it but now, hey, is life trying to actually snap me out of that? Is this situation that's coming to my reality here to actually help me heal that so I can move forward or is it happening again? And I think that's really important um, to have that other voice where we're challenging the tra- the voice of our past trauma. Does that make sense? 
No, yeah, that absolutely makes sense. Um, that definitely does. Uh, based on your experience, do you have a kind of practice or a habit that you would combine with this question to maybe improve um, to improve this practice to help make it easier to take this step back? When you're triggered by something? Mm -hmm. uh, I think I think it's really important to, first of all, sometimes when we're triggered, it can cause a pretty intense uh feeling in the body so physiologically we might uh, freeze or we might feel sick or we might want to run away and I think it's really important um, for us to find or breathe I think breathing is it's, it's so simple but it's so powerful just connecting to the body and and being grounded as we actually uh, notice how we're feeling so you know knowing being mindful of where we are so grounding ourselves or doing something that makes us feel safe if we're being triggered and it's really intense in our body. So whether that's, you know, laying in bed, laying on the couch or with a blanket over you or doing something to make you feel grounded and safe, like you're in your little cocoon. But first of all, just dealing with the the, the sensations in the body, if that's kind of being triggered and just breathing and, and knowing that what you're feeling is just how your body is responding to what's happening. And I always, you know, I kind of tell clients to note some things down so they might have a bit of a cheat sheet or something. So if they're triggered that they kind of, um, so they're not kind of overtaken by the trauma, they can, they have some tools or some steps to take so that they actually can stay present. Because when we're really heavily triggered, it can be difficult to stay in the moment. We want to escape it. We want to escape the pain. We don't want to sit in it. But we have to slowly learn to sit in it. And I always say to people to be compassionate about that. If you're really struggling to sit with your emotions, just try for five minutes and then distract yourself. You know, don't be hard on yourself if you can't resolve it all and get the wound out and heal yourself in like 10 minutes. You, you could have been carrying this wound for 30, 50, 40 years or more of your life, you know. So don't be hard on yourself, but start to break the pattern of whatever you used to do, whether it was running, retaliating, arguing, take a step back and know that you're safe and i think when we had trauma uh we've got wounds that are triggered we don't feel safe in our body that's where we want it we want to run we don't feel like we can just sit with ourselves we don't feel safe in our own body but the, the truth is we are safe it's just the past experience that makes us feel unsafe so it's really about being present again being mindful of it hold on i'm not where i used to be i'm here now okay, I've been re-triggered and these old feelings are taking me back to that space, but that's actually not happening now. So I'm just reliving the past. My body is because it's time to release it. It's actually time to release it. And trying to see that as a positive thing and remembering that, wow, once pain passes through you, it's gone. You know? Yeah. It, once once our emotions, we purge, you know, we all know that we have a big cry. It's shit at the time, sorry to swear, but, but afterwards, it's like we feel so much better. It's like, oh, my goodness, I just released that and I'm tired now. But I was holding on to that, those emotions. I was suppressing those feelings and they're going to weigh me down. So learning to sit with breathe process release even if it feels painful even if we cry even if whatever we do in a healthy way it's really important for us to you know to know that we're safe and even if we have to pick up the phone if it's really severe we can't do it on our own call lifeline looking with a therapist 
have someone to talk to to talk you through it because we can get so frenzied and caught up if we're not used to you know dealing with our emotions if we've suppressed things so I think that's really important and I think you know I said it before and I'll say it again I think journaling and meditation practices like that are great journaling get your thoughts out get some clarity on how this makes you feel doesn't matter what you write down doesn't matter how horrible the words are and if it doesn't make sense just write it down Keep writing it down and guaranteed you'll look at it later and you'll be like, oh, it's not that bad now. Oh, that's still bad. I've got to work on that. Oh, that's still, you know, you'll start to really get clarity on what is real and what is not. Like what is made up in your mind and what is actually a real fear of yours that you can actually take action towards. And I think when it comes to meditation, learning to just, you know, sit with yourself for even like five, 10 minutes a day and just to silence the noise and go, how do I feel? you know, sitting with yourself. How, how am I feeling? What thoughts are running through my head today? You know, where am I feeling tight in my body? What am I holding on to that I don't need to? What am I worrying about that's not going to get me anywhere? Because we all know that worrying doesn't, you know, really solve anything. So I think practices like that can help us get more curious about our thoughts rather than attached to them. And that's where we struggle. We get attached to, well, I believe this and I feel this. Where really do we? Is that just because of our past experience that we feel this, but we don't actually really believe that. So I think, yeah, meditation, journaling, it gives us insight and clarity. Uh, we have to have a way to, you know, look at how we're feeling and be curious about it. I'm a big advocate for feeling and releasing, but I also think it's really, it gives us more a sense of uh, uh, clarity, I guess, if we can understand it as well, if we understand, yeah. understand ourselves, yeah, and why we are the way we are. Feel it, understand it, and then release it. Yeah, that's in simple terms. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That brings us to the end of our experiment debrief. So thank you so much uh, for sharing all of that with the audience. I'm sure that um, the people watching and listening will have something to take away from this. Um, We'll now move on to our open mic section where I let you have a mini TED talk (laughs) about whatever you feel is important to address right now. Um, What did you have in mind? I guess, you know, the biggest thing I think is to constantly, you know, never stop working on yourself. I think that's really important. Never stop asking yourself questions and, you know, when people trigger you or when you feel uncomfortable in a situation, always go back to, you know, why do I feel this way? Is it is it something within me? Or And I, I want to say too, it's not always about you. It can be the energy around you that doesn't align with you. It can be, um, and that's, you know, that's still about you because it's about you getting to know what is right for me and what is not right for me. So, you know, if we're feeling any anxiety or we're getting triggered, it's like, well, I need to look at what this means to me. Is it an internal wound? Or is it something in my external environment that just doesn't resonate too? Because I think sometimes we can tend to put up with things because a lot of us do unconsciously people please or do things that we don't necessarily want to do, but we feel obligated. And I think it's just really important to honour yourself and know your boundaries. Know And life teaches you, you know, when you're young, I think you try all these different things, but then as you get older, you're like, I know I don't like that because I've done that. I know I don't like that. I don't know. I'm not doing that again. So it's really, you know, allowing life to um, make you get clearer on, you know, who you are and and that never stops. You know, we're on this journey of constantly unraveling and our identity constantly shifts to a level. We never, we never remain the same. And 
I think getting used to that is a big one too, getting used to our constant evolution and how we're always changing. And when it comes to a relationship, knowing that our partner's always going to change, we're always going to change, and the relationship's going to change and evolve and grow. And let's be honest, some relationships grow together and some grow apart, and we have to understand that too. We could have the best foundation and... You know, that could all be great, but we could end up rowing different directions. But if we have that foundation, it won't be so difficult to part because we'll have that deep connection anyway. So knowing that we also kind of need to learn that kind of art of detachment, I guess, and allowing life to guide us and just keep looking back at yourself. And I think once you appreciate the journey of self or to self, I guess, um, it's a beautiful thing and the people that come in and out of your life are always showing you something, whether that's something to heal or something to avoid or somewhere, it's they're always showing you something. It's a matter of just, you know, always ask, what, do you, what is this trying to teach me? I really like that. It's so sinful, but what can I learn from this? What is it trying to teach me? And um, it kind of comes quite magical when you look at your interactions with people and, and what, what your lesson is and what you're being guided to look at. So... Yeah, I, um, I'm a big advocate, I guess, for, I guess, self-inquiry and it didn't come to me the easy way. I got whacked pretty hard when I was younger to wake up to my patterns and my conditioning and my traumas and then I think I just went down a rabbit hole and, and I'll probably never get out of it because I find it so fascinating how we hold on to things, how we perceive things um, and how we interact as humans and how our beliefs change as we change and so many things change and it can feel scary because we can move through so many different phases of life and we can lose a lot of people and you know our reality can really shift a lot when we heal deep trauma as well you know our life can completely shift trajectories and it can feel scary but we have to remember that if we're doing that we're breaking really unhealthy cycles too a lot of the time you know if we're moving away from toxicity Moving into a more stable um, relationship, for example, can feel really uncomfortable. You'd be like, what is this? It's safe, it's secure, it's slow, it's steady. I don't know this. I'm only used to rushing and toxic fighting and, you know, it can feel really foreign when you move into a a really grounded relationship. Um, And I think that takes work to, to actually, you know, shifting our patterns is not easy. If we've been walking this direction for 30 years and all of a sudden we're like oh my goodness it's the wrong direction I've got to go that way it's not an overnight fix we have to like slowly reprogram and everything shifts our nervous system you know it gets a bit wobbly in our thoughts and you know like you were saying before we go back to that emotion that we're addicted to because like oh no I've got to go that way and it can feel so wobbly and so confusing and that's why you know and I believe that we're set people to kind of guide us I don't think we're ever alone on that journey, but it's trusting that, you know, remembering, well, that wasn't good to me that way though. Keep remembering that. That way wasn't good to me. I don't want to go back there. Like it's comfortable. It's what I know, but it wasn't good for me. So just keep keep knowing that you're strong enough to change any patterns or habits that aren't serving you and you're worthy of that. I think that's the important thing to remember. Like we're all worthy of a healthy relationship. We're all worthy of bettering ourselves and we're all worthy of healing our traumas and you know, no matter how severe they are and what you've been through, you, you know, you're so worthy of, of having a better life and it's up to you to do that work, but there's always people there to support you. So that's kind of what I wanted to say. And um, I do, I've just written an ebook around people pleasing and no more people pleasing because I feel like a lot of us unconsciously 
want validation from others or we give a lot. And I think it's really important, particularly in relationships, to know, honour ourselves, know our boundaries. And that's a really important thing in a relationship, to not allow your partner to to overstep your boundaries and vice versa and respect each other in that capacity. So, yeah. Oh, fantastic. Um, I love that so much. I also really love when you said that um, having that healthy foundation allows you to leave a relationship as well. Um, It it makes it much easier to detach yourself from another person and not feel um, so lost or caught up about it. Um, I, I, I think that's something that not a lot of people think about is that when you, when you've kind of had a healthy foundation to begin with, uh, the, the split, if it needs to happen, uh, just becomes much, much easier to tackle. Um, but thank you so much for sharing all of that with us. We really, really appreciate it. Um, where can people find you? Well, they can definitely find me at Counselling in Melbourne, um, in Collins Street. I'm there a couple of days a week, uh, face-to-face appointments and online. And I also have my own uh, little business too. And I mainly focus now on online and, and some group work, some small group work for people who basically at the moment it's really about emotional regulation, emotional healing. Uh, I delve deep into people who've experienced emotional abuse as well because that tends to play out in relationships, self-worth issues like you just mentioned. Knowing your worth is a big one and knowing what you deserve. So uh, more more leaning towards group work at the moment. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much where you can find me. Do you have a website or something people I can do. check out? Yeah, or? so Counselling in Melbourne uh, is the one. Um Hopefully that'll be listed on this. I can't remember. Counselingmelbourne.com.au, I think it is. I t- should know. <laughs> um, and mine is uh, holly slash jade.com is my website too. Just drop me your phone. Uh, Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. That's all right. Fantastic. Uh, thank you so much for joining me um, on the show today. I've had such a fantastic time chatting to you. Thanks, Aditi. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it today yeah you've been listening to Reliscope, the relationship science insights podcast produced by lmsl the life management science labs for more episodes like this from 10 different life management perspectives search lmsl on youtube google podcasts apple podcasts and spotify or wherever you find your podcasts so you can get updated on everything we have to offer we have a wide range of topics readily available for you to check out if you enjoyed this episode please consider rating our show sharing it and subscribing to our channel as it helps us grow and bring you more quality resources. More of our work can be found at re.lmsl.net, where you can join our movement. I'm Aditi Kuti. Thanks for tuning in.